Hello and welcome to the second episode of Build Your Career podcast by Sparkline. Today we have with us Mr. Saurav Nanda, who is a veteran career counselor, consultant, educational psychologist, and e-learning expert. He has more than nine years of experience in various domains of education industry. Saurav has impacted over fourteen thousand students and parents across India, Denmark, and Japan. He is the co-founder of the Happy Career Project, which helps students and young professionals find solutions to their career-related issues. Thank you, Saurav, so much for joining this podcast. How are you? Thank you, Devdeep, for having me over here. I'm very good. and i hope you're doing well as well yes uh, we are uh, this is a tough time so our question begins with uh, something that is related to covid um the first question sort of is you know a recent survey that has found uh, almost 61% uh, professionals young professionals and students uh, they plan to defer their study uh, abroad plans how is that going to impact the admission prospects of others and uh, what is your general suggestion to the students who are undecided right now so you're absolutely right there the uh, the covid situation has impacted uh, study abroad quite a bit right. and yes this survey you know tells us that they want to defer their admissions abroad for this particular year that means you know they were going to join in uh, august september this year mm-hmm. and uh, now they are planning to join next year so that that brings us to another aspect uh for next year's admissions you know the academic year which starts next year in september yeah. fall or you know uh, spring semester 2022 yeah. the number of applications have increased tremendously okay just yes. to give you an idea uh, in cr uh, you know the top one of the top 10 b schools in the world the number of applications to ncr the uh, this uh, cycle mm-hmm. actually increased by uh, more than 50% oh okay that's a that's so, a big jump absolutely and uh, i think uh, so the trend has shifted uh, from you know going abroad this year and they actually want to go abroad next year uh, okay. most of the students one of the reasons is because of the you know video learning which is still to sh- take shape and you know become proper yeah so one of the reasons is uh, you know for the uh, online learning to take shape properly and uh, when people are comfortable with online learning they like to go there right um all the people who are you know uh, undecided right now whether going abroad is beneficial or not going abroad will still have the same benefits as it had earlier okay in fact uh, if we look at the recent gdp uh, you know uh, statistics which came out the indian economy has uh, suffered worse than the foreign economy so yes. even the job markets uh, yes. you know abroad will be in a better shape uh, yes. as compared to india right so uh, more or less it remains the same but if you jump on the wagon of you know uh, applying to abroad next year you need to be careful about the fact that the competition is huge now it was already very big mm-hmm. it's become bigger because more and more people are applying for the next year right right so my recommendation is a first of all uh, try and improve your uh, resume a lot secondly also do not neglect these schools which we which you were going to neglect earlier which you uh-huh. thought were not good enough but now you need to apply to those schools also not only as a backup but also because your peer group the quality mm-hmm. of your peer group would automatically increase no matter which school you go to because the number of applicants is just increasing from the developing world yeah that's a, that's a very interesting take because uh, obviously when next year uh, hopefully everything gets normal uh, then uh, the rush of applications will uh, surge and that can be a problematic thing for many uh on this note you know uh, why students are skeptical to move uh, abroad right now because many uh, foreign universities have moved their fall semester completely online now for students who are paying a premium fee to be part of a campus experience how difficult it might be to adjust to this new system 
uh, is this a deterrent for future applicants applications as well? Right. So that's a very interesting question. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm uh, you know talking to uh, an expert who is an expert of you know technical training, which is now being delivered online. He's from Singapore, okay. and our conversation also revolved around the same aspect that that on learning online is it a deterrent to learning? Is it going to uh, continue happening or not? Okay. So there are various facets to it. Uh, but to give you you know a crux of it, then that online learning is going to continue. Blended learning, hybrid learning, all these models which were theoretical uh, mostly in the past, now they've become practical. Okay. And also it reduces the cost for the organization which is providing the learning. So right. let's say a university, it just reduces the cost for the university a lot. But on the other hand, the learner's uh, side, it increases complications. A, because uh, there is no standardization of infrastructure. So if you're a learner, uh, sitting in your home country, in your home city, you might not have the same kind of internet connectivity. You might not have the same kind of, you know, uh, power stability and so many other things. Yeah. On top of that, uh, you know, I personally feel that there is this huge lack of personal connect, exactly. which you miss out. Mm-hmm. Now, psychologically speaking, you only learn when there is some emotional response attached to it. Okay. All right. In fact, um, the conversation which I'm going to publish tomorrow talks about the same. It's called emotional loading. Okay. So when I look at the uh, instructor in front of me, I look at the body language, I look at the voice modulation, voice modulation, the you know the presentation going in the background. All that creates an emotional impact on me. But right. when I just keep looking at the screen on a Zoom call, maybe or a Microsoft Teams call the same effect doesn't happen. So the learning is definitely impacted over there. Mm -hmm. But having said that, people are adapting. I know a lot of programs where students have, uh, you know, started uh, collaborating with each other and innovating new things, Mm -hmm. which probably were not possible before in a classroom setup. Okay. So, yeah, it it provides certain opportunities by limiting some uh, experiences which uh, campusing uh, may have uh, for students to offer. And uh, sort of uh, this situation, you know, obviously it might change. And uh, then uh, maybe we are also looking at a future where uh, campus uh, becomes vibrant and uh, interactive again the way it used to. So uh, for for that time, what are the absolute necessary checklist an applicant needs to keep in mind in selecting and applying for a course in a reputed university? So definitely the checklist uh, remains, you know, has all the components which you used to have in your checklist earlier as well, like your proper documentation and your SOP, LOR, everything needs to be in order, your story, storytelling, all those things are there. But now on top of all this, guys, uh, I will recommend the students, please uh, go ahead and try to see the reviews of the online or blended learning that the institute or university is offering. Okay. How has the response been of the past students? Right. Because that becomes really important. Now, it doesn't really matter if you're studying at Harvard or if you're studying at a local uh, university over here because you're just staring at the screen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The the knowledge download uh, will definitely be of better quality if you're studying from a Harvard. But mm-hmm. how much of that will impact you, you know, when you're sitting alone in your room is another question. Of course. So of course. Uh, the quality of online learning, the learner management systems that these universities are using, the process, uh, they need to be you know, very aware of uh, how techni- technology can uh, also create obstacles to learning. Mm-hmm. If a university figures that out soon enough, they're already working on it. But mm-hmm. you should definitely keep that in mind, what kind of online learning uh, they are offering and what quality it offers as well. 
Okay. And uh, uh, with this, I think the pressure is also added on a student, as you spoke earlier, that uh, from next year onward, there will be a rush of admissions. It will become uh, fiercely competitive. And uh, from that perspective, I want to ask you, as you are an educational psychologist as well, uh, in your experience, what are the best ways to cope with pressure of uh, securing admission to a top university or school? Uh, can you share some tips uh, the right, uh, uh, for the right approach to prepare for GMAT? Absolutely. So, you know, what does a top university look in a potential candidate? They want to have uh, people who can do unique things, extraordinary things. People who can uh, make decisions where other people are not able to make decisions. Of course. And that comes from, you know, what you've done in school, your extracurricular activities, college, uh, you know, uh, whatever you've done in college and, uh, you know, your work experience and so many other aspects. Mm -hmm. So getting into a top university is changing slightly now. Okay. One of the things they are definitely going to look at is how you are coping up with the COVID-19 situation, what you have done to empower yourself. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, hoping that, you know, assuming that you do not face any of the health and, or security issues which COVID brings. Yeah. But if you are not facing any of these issues, how have you empowered yourself during COVID-19? What you have uh, done? Another aspect is how are you using technology right now? Okay. Because the, like COVID-19 has established one plain fact. If you're not good with technology, your future career prospects are questioned. A lot. Of course, of course. So how are you learning technology? So that's another aspect for it. Um, thirdly, the top university wants you to do, wants you to be a leader in your respective field. Exactly. Now, what field are we talking about? Field can be really generic. If you're a manager in a retail, uh, you know, retail chain company, mm -hmm. what field am I talking about? I'm talking about the field that you can create around yourself. Okay. Even if you're a manager at a retail chain company, let's say, you know, a big company like Reliance Retail or, uh, you know, Future Group mm -hmm. or all these places, what have you done which sets you apart from the rest of the thousands of other managers which are your peers in your company or other companies? Of course. And especially during COVID, how have you helped the society and so many other things? So if you include those things, your pressure of securing admission to a top university will decrease because not a lot of people will be focusing on these aspects. They will still be going with the same, uh, you know, process or strategy that they had in mind before COVID-19. Right. So Now, the other part is about GMAT, right? Yes. When, when you talk about uh, GMAT, GMAT is a very, very, uh, it's a standardized test. So, yes. the, uh, you know, the preparation of GMAT can also be standardized according to your learning capacity, your ability, and so on and so forth. Of course. One of the things that GMAT, uh, you know, definitely promises is that you can score them, uh, you know, score up to your potential because you can take it multiple times, you can prepare for it. If you're a working professional, then you need to plan accordingly. If you're a student, you need to plan accordingly. Right. And uh, the right approach to prepare for GMAT is planning only. Mm -hmm. So let me take a small example here. If you're thinking of GMAT, first of all, without any preparation, go ahead, take out four hours uh, of your time from a weekend or whenever you have an off and just take the GMAT. Okay. Just to test just the waters. Just take it. Yes. Just to test the waters. The score that you get is your basis or your basic reference point. And now you need to grow from this basic point to the kind of score that you're looking for. 
Okay. And let's say you know you score a six fifty uh, on your first attempt, and let's say you want to get a seven forty, uh, you know, ultimately that is your target. Yeah. Now from going to six from six forty six fifty to seven forty, uh, the time will depend on your shortcomings where you know you kind of need to improve a lot, and then other aspects where you need to uh, you know factor in like time management, uh, writing ability. um also uh, you know choosing the institutes that you want to send the gmat course to after you take the gmat of course and all those aspects so it will your gmat preparation will last anywhere from one and a, one month to uh, six months okay but if you're doing it more than that uh, then probably there is something wrong with your strategy okay i understand so it's a very interesting point sort of that you're saying uh, first to take the test then you know judge your ability according to a particular basic uh starting point where the student take, takes the test and then prepares uh for uh, further uh, appearance in the exam uh, of gmat so it's it's quite a quite a interesting tip actually a lot of people just prepare and uh, <laughs> do the dive in directly which can be a little problematic as a strategy right right i mean in fact uh, just to add on to this um uh, GMAT is basically taken by candidates who want to go for a management program, right? Yes, of course. And management is all about uh, managing things. Yeah. And the first step uh, towards managing things is if you can manage yourself. Exactly. So, if you manage your GMAT preparation well, that automatically indicates to the uh, B school also that you're ready to become a good manager later on. Ah, oh, that's that's a valuable tip. So, if you're preparing for GMAT, try and manage yourself first. Ah. Uh, so uh, sort of let's uh, let's move on uh, we uh, we know that large number of indians are keen to pursue their mba from abroad uh, right now can you list out like the top 5 countries for studying mba uh, for indians particularly keeping in mind the stay back period rules where they can probably uh, have a job or look for a visa extension program and uh, obviously in general getting a getting a visa easily can you can you give us a reason Absolutely. why do you choose these five countries over others so uh, indians have been studying everywhere actually uh, yeah. including a lot of very uh, you know good quality b schools in china but although because of the geopolitical situation that option is kind of dicey right now yeah uh, not only china but also hong kong for that matter yeah having said that uh, visa issues are also as uncertain as the rest of the things are because of the covid-19 situation yes definitely uh, i am going to uh, you know talk a little bit about the historical perspective here and also what the future holds and what different countries might you know offer to indians or other immigrants uh, coming to study the uh, mba over there uh, the biggest choice will still be canada okay not only because yes yeah uh, because it is you know it has friendlier uh, immigration policies but also because it has some amazing uh, you know globally ranked uh, mba programs right right then uh, you come to australia and uh, new zealand uh, i'm talking about new zealand although you know there's not a lot of uh, universities which uh, factor in the top uh, b schools in the world in, from new zealand yeah but the fact is new zealand is one of the most innovative countries in the world today of course uh and even if you know if people are keeping in uh, touch with the news you might have seen their prime minister she uh, announced their yeah. plans of becoming a green economy and uh, everything yeah, yeah so they need innovation they need talent they need bright people and they are open right now so if you can offer that you can definitely go there that's a very interesting uh, suggestion yeah and also they, they have like uh, you know very good immigration policies as well yeah yeah 
Now, uh, apart from, you know, Anglophile countries, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to talk about the US and the UK, even though their programs are still the most sought after. Um, And the third will be Singapore. Uh, It is just one of the best destinations for Indians to go to. But these three countries, they have stricter immigration laws right now. Yes. Um, Even before COVID, yeah, even before COVID, uh, they were very bad, uh, kind of, you know, not productive enough for your return on investment. But after Mm -hmm. COVID, it has become kind of worse. In fact, I am in touch with certain people in Singapore and they have actually gone back to not only and they've come back to India, but they've also gone back to Netherlands and all these other countries because Singapore is just not, you know, entertaining people right now. Yeah, I understand. Yes, I've I've heard about it. So my recommendation is if you're looking for an MBA in uh, Asia right now, Japan is the option that you need to go for. Um, There are a couple of reasons over here. Japan is an advanced economy. Yes. And, uh, you know, before COVID, uh, we already saw that the World Economic Center had shifted to Asia mm-hmm. and primarily China. Yeah. But because of the geopolitical situation and because, you know, the, at the start of the COVID era, Japan had announced 2 trillion yen worth of funds for companies to move out of China and, you know, start building their factories in yes. uh, Japan itself. Yeah. Combine that with their aging population their lack of, uh, you know, uh, expertise in newer technologies. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but, you know, when you compare it with advanced other advanced economies like the US or, uh, you know, some European countries, they lack in uh, expertise over there. So okay. if you're a person who's interested in, uh, you know, developing the future technologies and, you know, having the good ecosystem mm-hmm. uh, around yourself to be able to exercise that, in yeah. Asia, Japan is definitely one of those. In fact, I would like to quote, uh, you know, this Harvard professor, his mm. name is uh, Professor Tarun. Uh, he recently launched his book as well. It's called Trust. And uh, basically, he talks about how entrepreneurs in the developing world need to have this ecosystem around themselves, uh, which can help them in, in becoming entrepreneurs. But that ecosystem doesn't exist. So right, they have right. created that ecosystem themselves. Yeah. So Japan already has that ecosystem for you. <laughs> yes, and uh, Japan uh, has a growing population. So they are looking for working professionals all across the globe. Uh, who can come and aid their economy. So I think uh, that's a very, very interesting suggestion. Uh, particularly for the Indian psyche, we don't think about uh, certain conventional choice of countries. And uh, now that there are opportunities which are diversifying, uh, yeah, uh, number four, Japan. And you want to, uh, you want to uh, fit in one more in this? Absolutely. Um, I would uh, definitely recommend that you look at mainland Europe. Okay. Uh, and when I talk about mainland Europe, uh, because you know most of the Indians are basically anglophile, so yeah. you you like uh, we just like to go to English speaking countries. It's just easier for us. Yeah. Um, mainland course. Europe already a lot of Indians go there. France, uh, Spain, uh, Italy they have amazing B schools. Uh, Denmark a lot of my clients have gone to Copenhagen Business yes. School. Yes. Yes. Um, but what I would like you, know, you to explore now is more details about the programs. Right. Right. Programs in mainland Europe, which focus on clean energy, green energy, uh, which uh, focus on sustainable uh, sustainability, mm-hmm. which focus on inclusivity. Uh, all these aspects are the future of uh, you know businesses, yeah. as well as uh, all the other uh, sectors that we are part of. So Excellent. in mainland Europe, don't consider Europe as, you know, I would not say consider Europe as different countries over here, but I would recommend that you look at the best programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be in France, it might be in Estonia, for all you know. Okay. So you you need to uh, look from there. Uh, ESMT in Germany is a great school as well, and they are very tech heavy. So if you're a techie, ESMT is something you should definitely consider. Okay. 
Yeah, so uh, students who are listening in, uh, move beyond US and UK. You have Canada, you have Australia, New Zealand, you have Singapore, you have Japan, you have mainland Europe to look forward to for pursuing your MBA uh, when uh, the world is moving towards innovative solutions of sustainability, inclusivity. Uh, focus on that. Uh, that's a great, great suggestion, uh, sort of. Uh, coming back to the COVID situation again, a wide section of students who already have selected their school and where in different stages of you know, admission process are now left in a lurch. Uh, what will be your advice to them? How can they best utilize their time? So, definitely, uh, as you said, they are in different stages, right? And when you're stuck in one stage, but you also know that the next stage is coming, yeah. you are already in this flux whether to use your time elsewhere or whether just to wait for it. Uh, right? Of course. Of course. And uh, what... Absolutely. That's, that's always going to be a dilemma. And on top of that, like even when you're enrolled in a course, like I know a lot of people who have started their uh, studies online, yeah. you suddenly realize that you have a lot of free time on your hands. Right, right. Because there is no uh, commute, uh, you know, no hostel and all those uh, associated activities. Yeah. So you're sitting at home and, you know, you, you have some time on your hands. Yeah. I would recommend that this time is primarily driven, the career decisions in the COVID times are primarily driven by three main factors. Okay. All right. First is keep learning. Okay. So, you know, uh, you can learn according to what your university is asking you to learn. So you can keep on building on that knowledge. Right. Second, but on the other hand, you can start learning all those things which you always wanted to learn, but you never found the time to learn. Of course. Which can be a foreign language. It can be a historical perspective. It can be about, you know, conserve, uh, conserving the environment, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You keep it as a side project. Spend one hour every day if you have that time or half an hour every day. Just check out some YouTube videos. Enroll in a Coursera course or an online MOOC course okay. and start learning. So that is the first part. Keep learning. Second part is collaboration. Okay. Collaboration because right now... Everyone has very few opportunities, no matter what kind of professional you are, apart from if you're in the edtech business or, you know, in the healthcare business or in the online media business like Spotify Live, yeah. you will have, uh, you know, less amount of opportunities. So is true. when you have less opportunities, that means people have time on their hands. They're ready to accept your calls. They're ready to talk with you. So networking, creating new projects, creating new campaigns. If you ever wanted to do all that, this is the right time to do it. So collaborations. Keep and thirdly, collaboration and last, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And thirdly is start working. Okay. Don't care for money. Don't care about money right now. Nobody has money, but there is still a lot of work available. Okay. So even if there is an internship you can do, you can probably say, let's give, uh, you know, you can give five to 10 hours a week to that internship. Right. Just ask anybody, uh, you know, people in your network, any company who's willing to hire uh, people uh, especially you will see there's a lot of opportunities for social media marketing right now. Yes. A lot of opportunities for content creation, a lot of opportunities for video and graphic editing, any right. of those things. Right. Just start working. doesn't matter if they, if they pay you money or not. Right. But start working. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a very good suggestion, I think, because uh, this is also a time to look for uh, opportunities that might pay a dividend in future and may not mm -hmm. look very lucrative right now. Uh, on that note, you know, uh, many uh, we, we saw many media reports that companies have, they, they froze their uh, hiring. Uh, campus placements were put on hold. And many uh, students who were in, you know, good elite B schools in India, they are now uh, without a job. Uh, so, uh, from 
specifically from the perspective of finding a job uh do you think that apart from campus placements one can optimize their search uh, by you know diversifying their uh, portfolio and also the widen their net a little bit innovatively uh, do you do you, do you suggest uh, something where uh, you know students who are dependent on campus placements can try and find alternatives absolutely absolutely so um in in if i had to answer this question in one word yeah i would uh, use the word fellowships okay all right um i was talking to the senior managing director uh, ms elizabeth makamune who has been an ex uh, you know she's a former diplomat and she is the managing director of awadi youth federation which is a fellowship in japan right. and they had to move completely online okay and what uh, she told me was that our conventional uh, ecosystems of universities or big corporations mm-hmm. they do not offer all the things that you know today's learners need to right. become a good professional right there are a lot of gaps over there okay. and those gaps learning by doing uh, meeting you know uh, you know really uh, big uh, leaders from uh, uh, their respective corporations or mm-hmm. organizations those things are fulfilled by fellowships in fact i recently uh, you know uh, i'm uh, have become part of this fellowship it is called the gpod fellowship which is about global policy diplomacy and sustainability oh, oh it's an online yeah so it's an, it's an online fellowship it's it's for 3 months uh you get to meet ambassadors uh from costa rica germany to india to united nations which okay. you will never get to meet you know uh, otherwise in universities and all yeah i can i can attest to that fact yes and uh, so that is uh, one of the things and there are fellowships sprouting like crazy everywhere in the world right now because okay. it's just easier and cheaper to make a fellowship now because all you have to do is create an online learning system where you get, make people interact with all these big dignitaries okay so definitely fellowships the other part i would recommend so similarly i mean there are other fellowships uh, a lot of uh, you know people have started uh, their own uh, social campaign fellowships if you want to start a social campaign they teach you for free right uh right. two examples i can give over here is one is called the wilac uh, project uh, which is the youth leadership uh, you know counter uh, uh, application a counter speech fellowship Right. and uh, the other one is started by this again online media house it's called youth ki awaaz they have a two day yeah, fellowship yeah. youth ki awaaz so I, i'm aware of them all these places all these people they are trying to empower youth right now okay. all you need to do is spend two days just two days on the internet mm-hmm. searching for the word fellowships and you will find something where you fit <laughs> excellent yeah i think that's a great suggestion because uh, some of the fellowships are very well paying as well maybe not as exactly. well paying as a, a job in a top Um, but right now because given the lack of choices i think uh, pursuing fellowships and trying to get these experiences which uh, might be you know very difficult to get otherwise uh, so you know uh, sort of you might agree that there is a there is a lot of talk about turning this crisis into an opportunity and basically you are suggesting that in a very innovative fashion i think i think that's a great suggestion uh, for you, the young professionals and students yeah. who are uh, uh, who are now seeking to diversify their portfolio and uh, last this is the, this is i will uh, combine these two questions that uh, you have already talking about uh, you have already talked about uh, new skills you know try to learn something mm-hmm. new so i am not going to delve into that uh, let uh, students and young professionals decide what they can do 
but uh, can you point to uh, if there are certain uh, freelancing experiences uh, students or young professionals can pursue at this point of time? Absolutely. Um, in fact, I would like to uh, you know quote uh, the same Harvard professor again. Yeah. Uh, his name is Dr. Tarun Khanna. Right. And you know, in his book, he mentions this uh, phrase again and again. And the phrase is, uh, "People in de- in the developing world, yes. they need to create conditions to create." Right. All right. So first of all, they need to set the conditions around themselves, and they only then they start creating products and services which can benefit the society. Right. Freelancing is one of those ways to create conditions for yourself to succeed, especially in the online world today. Yes. I wrote an article, uh, you know, my uh, couple of weeks ago, my article on freelancing in India was published, uh, you know, in the National Daily Amar Ujala, Okay. where I list point by point as to what you need to do uh, to become a successful freelancer. Okay. And I would just like to give a small summary of all those yeah, points. Yeah. I mean, uh, can people can definitely, uh, I'll, I'll share the link with you. There'll be probably, people can read that article on their own then. Okay. Um, first of all, you need to, see which digital skill I'm, I'm talking about the basic the basic freelance work that you can do all right if you have if you're let's say you're a 10th standard student and some because of some reason your education stopped but you have a handheld device you have a decent smartphone and the network or internet connection this is what you can do first of all figure out which digital skill you can master okay all right it can be graphic designing, it can be video editing, it can be content writing, it can be translation of English into Hindi or Bangla or Assamese or any other language. Understood. It can be, uh, you know, becoming a virtual assistant uh, to a big professional. It can be social media optimization. It can be Google AdWord optimization and yeah. so many other things. Yeah. So there are so many skills right now and all of those, those skills are highly in demand. For example, I am looking for people uh, you know, who can transcribe my uh, podcast. So somebody needs to listen to it and probably, you know, type it uh, in a in a textual format and then translate yeah. it into Hindi also. Yeah. After you've done, uh, you know, finding your digital expertise or digital area which you interests you, you start developing expertise over it. Okay. Now, how do you start developing expertise over it? You start taking free work, as I mentioned before. All right. Now, what happens with free work is the other person also knows that you know you're working for free, so they will teach you, which is priceless. Right. Because right. those people are already established in their fields and they're teaching you for yeah. free. Of course, yeah. That's a big option. Right. So yes. exactly. So once you're done that, then you create a portfolio. Right. So you tell the world that this is these all things I have done so far. Right. So there are so many websites of uh, you know for creating portfolio for different skills. There are different websites starting from Adobe to Issue to Behance uh, yeah. to LinkedIn itself or yes. even Facebook or Instagram. You can create a portfolio over there, and all of them are free. Right. All of them are free. Right. Once you're done these things, then coming back to the collaboration part, which I had uh, talked about earlier, yes. you start collaborating with people who can provide opportunities. You start joining Facebook groups where mm-hmm. opportunities are posted. There are Facebook groups for everything today. Right. Writing, yeah. <laughs> singing, everything. And yeah. I think you know this better than me. Maybe. So these, these are some of the points. <laughs> Hello, yeah. And once you develop, yeah, once you develop enough expertise and, you know, it, it takes one year of work. It yeah. takes one year of work. I will not, you know, uh, put it in any other words. Yeah. And once you do that, then you register yourself on these, uh, you know, freelancing websites and uh, you'll start getting uh, offers. 
Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's excellent because I don't think that there is uh, such comprehensive uh, suggestion uh, for students and young professionals right now out there. And uh, just to summarize uh, all the valuable points Saurav has mentioned today. Uh, firstly, students, uh, this is a time to learn new things. Uh, it's a tough time, but it will pass. Uh, when it passes, the opportunities uh, will come, but also there will be higher competition. So please keep a checklist ready. Please keep your scores, your transcript, transcripts uh, ready, and uh, uh, try to diversify your search for schools as well. Because uh, sometimes maybe the school you are looking for has a very stiff competition, and the schools you were not considering before, you should consider now. Saurav also tells at this point of time that what you can do to try a vocation that you may have been thinking about pursuing but never got the chance or the time. This is the time. And uh, try to build a field of network, uh, try to do work which may not pay right now but can surely uh, give you certain dividends career-wise when it comes to the future. Uh, thank you. I think sort of more or less we have uh, covered it. It's a, it's a very valuable podcast and I, I don't think a two-minute summary does any justice to it. But uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic uh, insight into what is happening right now. What are the countries you can look forward to uh, uh, get your uh, MBA from? Then probably get a job over there which have uh, liberal uh, visa regimes. Uh, Saurav gave us a very good rundown about uh, those countries. Uh, thank you Saurav so much for uh, speaking to us. Uh, I hope it reaches to as many young professionals and students as possible and their parents uh, perhaps. And uh, thank you so much for appearing in the second episode of Build Your Career Podcast. Saurav. Thank you so much, Devadeep. The questions were very relevant and I uh, hope these help uh, your audience. I hope it reaches as many people as possible. Thank you. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.